put a spell on you. Cause you're mine. Welcome to Hex Rated, where we four witches will take you on a magical journey through foul language and outrageous feminism. Plus, some witchy shit. are showing up on there. I mean, we're very small. Again? Again. Huh. Okay. The mic's almost all the way up. I'm going to turn it all the way up. So it is all the way up now. All the yeah, way up. I think it's just because um, we are talking, not talking, close to it. Stuff. The closer we are, the better it is. Yeah, we'll just have to project and also, yeah, just bump up the whole track. But I would say everybody kind of, you know, use your drama voices. Yeah. I don't have a drama voice. Oh, God. I mean, I went to jail. <laughs> we do hotel neighbors. Well, oh, yeah. They're not well, I mean, mitigating their stompy stompiness. We're just talking, so it's not like, I mean, if we It'll laugh real loud, they'll, they'll figure it out. Deal. Yeah. It's go, just for a little thing. Go okay. To, go to bed. Okay. Day three. Yeah, more day three. Day three, part two. I think that we are all kind of shell-shocked, so we are going to do our best to recount uh, these final uh, events that we went to, and maybe a little bit of walking you through some souvenirs we got, but... Yeah. (laughs) We're going to do our best. Uh, Who wants to go first in the... We we all went to one more event tonight, um, and we each uh, picked a different event to kind of cover, or that we were interested in, too. It wasn't like, we were like, here, you do this and report back, but that's kind of been what we've done, just to see, like, if everybody has different interests, we might as well cover as much ground as possible to see what we can get from it. So, uh, I went to a, um, actually, we have the actual titles, let's do that. And also, we went and had epic Thai food, and then epic dessert time with, uh, Ice cream tacos. Oh, they were so So, prior to embarking on the trek back to the con and doing one last thing, we were all kind of in a in a food daze. Yeah. And we were all kind of like, do we really want to go? Like, I was fully prepared to just be like, let's have witchy slumber party and just stay in. Yeah. Which is totally not how I'm usually like, let's crank it out, guys. No, I was in the same mood. I was like, I don't really want to do some kind of ancestor thing that's not really my jam. I don't understand, but I guess I'll go. But yeah, oh, shout out to Jasmine Thai in San Jose, California, as well as Rocco's Tacos, oh, which the was the tacos. epic ice cream tacos. Um, so their good. black sesame ice cream, I don't, run, don't walk is all I'm saying. Yeah. Get I, to it. I mean, it probably had crack in it. When you, if you ever find yourself in San Jose, go to these places. Yeah. Double thumbs up. So yeah. Good. Okay, but then, so then, we were like, nope, let's just power through, let's get dressed, let's go, let's do this thing. I feel like, we all felt like we really needed one more experience at the con, so this was our new chance. We, we knew we weren't going to do an 11 o'clock tonight, so. And now that we're back, it seems like a century ago that we were like, oh, do we really want to go do anything? Yeah. I think we all are really grateful that we powered through. Absolutely. Yeah. I went to the Song of the Stars, A Constellation of Unity, and I thought it was going to be, like, light and, like, chill, like, last night's ritual ended up being in the Oak Room. With Santa and the flute? Yes. It wasn't like that? It was going to be like that, where it was going to be very chill, because it just sounded like, you know, like, stars and the Song of the Stars and Unity, and it was actually pretty deep, Uh, you know, you had to, like, do some digging. So, um, basically, it's it, there was a lot of singing and ch- mostly chanting, not so much. I mean, there was a little bit of singing. Right. But um, we started out, um, basically, she had us uh, several times throughout the ritual be a singing bowl, like a human singing bowl, mm-hmm. basically, where, you, like, you kind of start out slow and we would all, like, kind of, like, use our voices to create kind of a hum or an oh and, like, 
or we had kind of a different pitch and it would like it kind of would start to vibrate mm, nice. and um and she did that and we uh we all held hands and uh she called to the elements but she would have other i think priests and priestess like part of her group that would um that were like chanting different things so it kind of had different elements going on um, and we called to our ancestors. I called to my dad, which I haven't done before. Mm. Oh, wow. Wow. So, um, that Ooh. was really Girl. hard. And, uh, she basically, we started the, the, the humming and the chanting again to get, get us into a trance-like state. And she guided us through this trance and took you, you had to take yourself to a time that was one of the times you felt the most alone and <gasps> Jesus Christ they didn't you're yeah. not joking that okay go ahead yeah, sorry like, <laughs> yes no and it was like the time you felt like in complete darkness and alone and um and basically you end up at the world tree like in as they're like having you feel this moment of being alone they're like walking around the room and echoing things that we've all thought they were like the, they were like you're not enough you are alone you are like helping you get to that state and wow. it was really hard but Jeez. and they told you before they started the thing they're like if it gets too deep and too hard you can walk out like yes it's a closed ritual but you are allowed to feel safe if it's not if you can't do it you can walk out so they did make a very safe space but I'm glad I kept kept Going. through it and it was just like i mean i curled up into a little ball on the floor <laughs> yeah um because like it was weird because the voices i was hearing i started they started chanting too as you were going into this trance where it's like you are not enough you you are alone um you know you're not worthy and um you mm. basically begin at the world tree and you're looking out to the ocean and you see the ocean in the distance and you see the stars in the sky and you are looking out and that is where what you're looking for is and you have to make the trek there and so you're journeying to that and you're working your way to it and it's not an easy trek and the whole time you hear all these the different chanting and you make your way that way and then you finally arrive there you get to the shore and the ocean is like lapping up and you're at the ocean and there's a mirror and you look in the mirror and those things are like even louder like and you look in and there are truths there are lies and there are things you've done that you have to accept that are not good that you have to just be honest and you have to and like some of us are saying them loud of like our truths mm -hmm. of things we've done and having to accept them and then also the lies that we hear of like you're not enough you're you're not smart enough is like one of the things they said aloud you're not smart enough you're not good enough at it you're not you're not enough and and then you had to be willing to release those things to be able to take your magic and to be open to that ocean of love basically and when we were ready we went to the table and there were pieces of yarn that you wrapped around your hand and you would accept your magic mm. and the the answer that you were looking for. And then we came back around. They had this like fake fire, like a little, you know, like little satiny little fireplace and it was had like a lot of twinkly lights around it like stars. Mm. And you came back and you sat around it. And this time when we came back and sat around, we sat in layers where some of us were on the ground, some of us were just kind of lower and then some of us were standing to create a singing bowl kind of shape oh wow and then we started the singing bowl and this time it was like resonating through the whole hall wow and oh we sang and we hummed and we all gathered hands too and then we shared things with each other where you know we would look across someone in the eye and we'd be like you aren't enough you were loved you were beautiful and to each other all through the group and it was really beautiful and it was really powerful and digging through those truths was <laughs> it was emotional yeah. and then also opening up to other people and being able to give them some of the things they needed to hear too this sounds like the aphrodite one you did earlier in the but day like times a <laughs> hundred right. yes right and the person next to me was someone from the aphrodite as well that uh, I connected with and 
uh, yeah, it was really emotional. And wow. also having reached out to my dad for that because it wasn't an easy trek of like dealing with the hardships and the abuse that led me to think that I was never enough, that I wasn't good enough, that created that person that's always looking for being what other people want me to be and accepting those truths of like who am I when I'm not trying to be who people need me to be and being trying to feel something for them and who am I without all that and it was it was a good ritual to end on wow wow that was Dang. kind of a bait and switch on that title of what that thing was yeah. going to be about. I was like, space? I love stars. I love space. And Not exactly like, what, <laughs> as advertised. But it was great. And oh, it was reaching out to that ocean to the stars and finding that yourself in that space. And whew, uh, it was good. It was... That's pretty amazing. Yeah, I'm I'm getting like goosebumps yeah. and feeling emotional just hearing you talk about it. Absolutely. Um, I wanted to ask you just from the the nuts and bolts of how the group created the ritual and like kind of maintained the space and just the structure of it, like because that sounds like a really heavy ritual emotionally, but it also sounds like it's very structured and it they had a lot of people. Yeah. And uh, the woman that uh, that led it, she almost had, it made me think a little bit of Lily because she had a very teacherish voice in a way. Mm. And also the way she led you from the world tree to the ocean, it reminded me of some of the journeys we've done. So I felt very comfortable in that. I think the mirror was the hardest part for me of like speaking those truths and some mm. of the, in, in releasing those lies that you see in that mirror. And um, they also had a really beautiful, like, little musical section as well. There was, like, a harp and a drum. Oh, and wow. they had singing bowls. And it was, like, the, like yeah, it was a Ooh. very um, well-thought-out uh, ritual. And it was beautiful. And in, in before she started it, she really walked you through the outline very well. So where she was like, okay, this is the plan on the singing bowl. This is how we're going to create it. And this is what I want y'all to do. So everybody kind of fell in line of like, okay, this is the point where I kneel or someone comes behind me, you know, so we all knew to create that shape. And then also people very felt each other where we all would like kind of feel the energy of when to stop, when to start, when to say something like when to, you know, chant, uh, you know, or when to be like blessed be or anything, or just be thankful and say, thank you. And, um, you know, it was very much of just feeling the energy of the group. And I think it was also because she had us come so close together in that circle. And she was like, and if you don't feel comfortable holding hands, you don't have to hold hands. If you want to do elbows, if you don't want to touch at all, that is fine. It's a safe space. Um, but uh, we all felt really connected in this small circle and, you know, looking across and seeing each other and kind of reading the energy of the group helped create that that ritual that flowed so smoothly mm-hmm. um it it just flowed really well and it was because she called it the ocean of love and it flowed like an ocean as well mm. so and she created that where you ended up in the ocean um and could reach to the stars and pull what you needed wow through it so oh. yeah Jeez. wow jay that's amazing i mean I wish we had like a ribbon or a sticker to be like fucking you got thrown in the deep end man like yeah. your first con and wow well mine was too though you know when we went the last ritual we went to was that Hecate ritual yeah in 2016 that about like just destroyed both of us that mm-hmm. was so mm-hmm. heavy like it seems like it's not like this is only my second time it's like it doesn't seem right unless we end on a super like serious note Uh, I feel like that's like the capper for me because then it lets me go into the next phase of my practice almost Mm -hmm. I don't know that's just how it's working for me yeah I mean it's obviously not anything we plan no but (laughs) clearly well, what what was the one that you went to? Do you to? want me to go next? Okay. Um, I, I mean, I can. I it just, doesn't matter. I yeah. You know, I, mine was mine's kind of short and sweet, so I'll go and we'll cap it with yours. Yeah, because mine's on a like a like kind of a 
activism bent yeah. as well. So okay. I, yeah, you can bring it home. So my, <laughs> I, don't know <laughs> that. I went to one of the smaller um, hospitality suite rituals, and it was just a Santa Muerte devotional. And the ritual itself, I mean, it was it was pretty short and sweet. So basically, they had one of it's the size of like a normal hotel room with the furniture cleared out. So pretty intimate. Um, they did a great job with decorating. So they had an altar and they had all these little small tea light, um, like the electronic LED ones mm -hmm. that were flickering and they had all the lights off and they had their little altar and it, you could tell that th there was just the, they curated that space mm -hmm. of creating a vibe, um, and so when you sat down, immediately I was, like, right into that space of, like, that current of, like, death goddess, underworld, being in that liminal space. You know, if you work with Hecate or um, any of the dark goddesses. Like, you could just feel it. You, you were already there. And yeah. um, so what we did is, and they had some quiet kind of, um, like, music playing, like, Mexican music and... So what we did is everyone got a candle and they had them in little plastic cups. Um, but it was great because it kind of gave it like a little bit of that like reflection. Sure. You know, and like you were really carrying like a, a like a prayer candle. Mm. So um, they had this really large, like probably three and a half feet or more um, Santa Muerte statue mm. um, of, you know, a skeleton in a, a mantle with the... Uh, and she had like these uh, jeweled eyes and all these skulls mm. at the base and like a big sickle. So, um, and this is real traditional because it's coming from Catholicism and also like Mexican traditions. So we all, we did a procession around that floor, um, basically out to the elevator and back in a circle and oh, wow. um, all in a single file with, line. With your candles. With our candles oh, and they neat. had some music playing. Um, mm. And then we came back in the room and uh, they turned the lights up a little bit so that we could read a prayer together. And then they were like, we're going to turn it back down um, because we want it to be dark, but we also don't want y'all going blind trying to read these things <laughs> that we handed out to you. And um, the woman officiating it um, spoke a little bit about Santa Muerte, which if you're not familiar, um, she's a folk saint. So she is not part of mainstream Catholicism. In fact, the Catholic Church has come out with public statements of like disavowing the practice yeah and but i mean i think that that very fact is what makes her so beloved is sure. that she's outside that makes like whatever you're searching for and not finding in that religion it particularly particularly in in a country like mexico where there are a lot of people um that are pre predominantly indigenous and catholicism ultimately is foreign so even mm -hmm. if you are a single faith or dual faith practitioner, um, you know, there's a lot missing. Or if you are economically disenfranchised, there, I mean, there's just a lot of, of things that people are feeling like they're not getting from mainstream religion. Mm -hmm. And um, that's where Santa Muerte comes in because we're all equal in death. Everyone's going to die. And so the idea is that Santa Muerte, unlike maybe Virgen de Guadalupe or other Catholic saints, she doesn't judge you because it's all just human behavior to her. Right. We all up in, end up in the same place. So, I mean, that happens to be one reason why she's popular with, like, cartels and drug dealers and things like and prostitutes. Because she doesn't care. She's not like, oh, you did this and that. It's no, not, she's not a judge. She's not, she's not interested yeah. in that. Yeah. Right. And um, so one of the things that I liked that I hadn't quite heard phrased this way, but um, when you work with her... She's all about taking things away. Um, so it's not like, oh, I hope I get this or that. It's like, I'm putting this at your feet. And the catch with working with her is that you just have to hand it over to her. Mm. And once you do that, you can't be picking at it. You can't be obsessing over it. You have to really commit to giving it to her mm. and letting her handle it which is kind of the hardest part. That sounds exactly it's, like what happened in Thailand with your uh, with your tattoo. Yeah. Right? Right. And it sounds like that would be easier, being like, oh, I'm just going to let Mama Death handle it. <laughs> Easy peasy. But, of course, 
that's the fucking hardest part. And yeah. I mean that. So anyway, I mean, there, there's a whole lot to talk about that, and and I want to let you get to your thing, so I'm not gonna no, go no, into. I mean, but I I just thought that I that was hear it. that was a really interesting idea to me. And also, she was talking about like when you make your petitions to her, just the idea of thinking of it in in terms of of things you want to get rid of or or put at the feet of her, as opposed to I want this like to come to me, or right. I want this to improve, or. And, which is a, is a very interesting way of of framing your goal. Mm. So, you know, I I want the death of poverty, or I want the death of this toxic relationship. Like phrasing it in that way, which is maybe kind of a different approach than a lot of people think of in terms of their goals. Mm. Um, and that might be like very difficult, but very powerful sure. for a lot of people. Um, and it kind of goes back to, um, I forget what ritual it was, but that idea of, it's not, oh, uh, Amy Blackburn thing. It's not our responsibility to heal our abusers. Right. So, I mean, I, that kind of ties that into, into that as well as that instead of thinking about, you know, how, how do I get this person that is abusive or harmful to, to me act differently to act differently or, or to, to, to behave the way I would like to treat others the way I'd want to be treated and whatnot. Instead of that being like, I want the death to this situation. Yep. I just want this to end and let her sort it out, you know, which is really difficult. But sometimes that's like that clean break is is the only way that that situation is going to resolve itself. Wow. But so anyway. I like that. I really liked that concept. But basically we just did the procession. She said a few words about kind of her interaction with Santa Muerte and what like what I just mentioned and we said this little prayer and then she was like this is your space you know she I think either currently or used to have a botanica and like people would come in to the muerte altar leave some offerings say a prayer bow down whatever and then just leave like you know didn't buy anything didn't and they were like that's fine I mean that's that was what it's here for that was between you and her we have nothing to do with it this is her space you know yeah (laughs) um and she was like, that's what this is right here. So whatever you need to do, if you just want to sit here quietly, if you want to come up to the altar, if you have offerings that you've brought, they had things that they um, had provided to be offerings from us. So they had um, a bottle of tequila and you could pour it into some goblets that they had. They also had those little like um, dollar bin Halloween, like uh, mini coffins that you can get at like Michael's oh. and stuff. Mm-hmm. So they had those laid out and you could put, they had um, chocolate coins mm-hmm. that you could put in there as offerings. Um, and then they also had uh, pencil and paper. So if you wanted to write a petition, they had like a little kind of mailbox that they were calling uh, like veil mail. And they said huh. that, that mm-hmm. you could put that in there and that when they get home, they'll burn it on their oh, wow. altar. Um Oh, how cool. So, so yeah. Cool. But they were like, I mean, whatever you need to do, if you just want to sit, sit here and be with her, that's fine. Um, we're going to keep it dark. If you need to leave, that's fine. You're, yeah. you're not trapped here. There's no, we don't need to close the circle or do anything. So you, so you can, you can go ahead and go. It's your ritual, which, um, you know, so there's not a lot to say about the nuts and bolts of the ritual. Right. It was kind of just like, come in and see this great altar we've set this incredible mood and just whatever happens happens and so for me yeah this is where i'm ready i'm ready for this like i said like i sat down and just immediately like i was in that in between space and there was a big mirror on the wall and i looked in that mirror and i'm i mean there are a lot of creatures in there and then like really i mean i saw um you know horrific things like victims of like drug cartel crimes victims of indigenous people that were victims of conquistadors um just you know beneficent spirits um animal spirits i mean just just all the everything that's populating this world that you aren't seeing with your actual eyeballs was it was there (laughs) and and even then just like as my eyes adjusted the shadows on the ceiling or the reflections of these tea lights in the little plastic cups. So, um, the, uh, when we went to that Hecate ritual, what was it now? Like three years ago? It was 2016. Okay. So my experience with that, which I've, I've had subsequently, but that was obviously like the first and most intense of having like a really profound altered state. 
Um, and that experience for me was, um, you know, I don't really like see visually so much or hear distinct voices if I'm like in a trance state. My experience of it, I'm, I'm not like, you know, Sixth Sense, I see dead people. But for me, it's this experience of like kind of in the matrix of like all this information, you know, just on the screen of my mind or, or my eyes of just suddenly perceiving everything around me as being these overlapping symbols in meaning, in time and place, in language, in, uh, you know, all the different ways information are, is conveyed. So like color, shape, language, um, so, DNA, mathematics, like all those things overlapping in time and space. So like just it's hard to explain. Um, although I found a really good metaphor recently, and this has nothing to do with this ritual, but um, uh, my husband was playing the new Tetris game that's supposed to be like real immersive. And uh, it was called the Tetris Effect. And what it's named after is if you've ever played a lot of Tetris, you know, when you're done and you look around, then every start. everything looks like Tetris to you yeah. for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Whether it's like you are actually having the uh, like visual phenomenon of, of seeing the the tetroid shapes like out of the corner of your eyes or just your your doing activities and thinking of it in Tetris terms of like folding clothes and whatnot. Right. And it's called the Tetris effect. And um, so if you've ever had that, it's a little bit like that, yeah. where all of a sudden everything around you is now in the language of like, if it's Tetris, like Tetris shapes snapping together. But in my case, it's just all, all this information of symbolic it's information. It's like overlapping. Overlapping. Wow. So, oh, that's so it sounds kind of weird, but, um, but th I mean, that's how my brain works because I'm so like language and art oriented. As opposed to it being, like, kind of narrative or person-based. Because I know a lot of people, when they have, like, trance experiences or experiences with the other world, it's, like, talking to a specific spirit or mm. ghost or deity or whatever. And um, so, anyway, I went into that space right away. Because um, I think whatever conditions it was of being here two years ago, like the other world was like, let's do that again. <laughs> you need some more. Let's reboot that. So anyway, so that was kind of my experience with that. It takes her a minute to not be in that space anymore. Well, I mean, yeah. I, at first it was really freaky the first time it ever happened. But right. now that it has, like, it's something that I can kind of willfully sort of tap into. I mean, it's something that my conscious mind is always thinking about, you yeah. know, of like, oh, like, this story reminds me of this, or, or, you know, that word's etymology is whatever, or in this other language, you know, like, just, sure. that's how my brain's constantly thinking. So, um, but anyway, yeah, so I had to go outside and take a walk and, yeah. and sit and be quiet for a while. And of course, when we met up after we were all done, I was like, no, I'm good. I'm just, the the talking and words are not going to be happening for a couple of minutes. Uh -huh. You know, every, everything's fine. <laughs> But that's what I'm doing. So anyway, wow. that's kind of rambly and probably doesn't make a lot of sense. But uh, I'm just, I went to a thing. It was really great. I had a profound experience. Yay. <laughs> that's pretty amazing. Yeah. It makes sense. Um, you know, everybody has that kind of like that moment or that profound experience differently. But I like to hear people describe how those moments feel to them because, I mean, in our different spaces, we're all kind of the same. We're all, we're not having the exact same experience, but we're all having this profoundly deep connection with another plane mm -hmm. of existence. So I I mean, at no point do I not want to hear that story. You know, <laughs> I mean, um, I would say the thing that I the thing that I did was definitely a deep connection. I don't know that it was necessarily with another plane, but it was definitely with this one for sure. I went to uh, a ritual called Honoring the Ancestors of Justice and Strength, and this was a collaborative put on by several um, several women. And uh, and at first, you know, we all sat in a big circle, and uh, they they had an an altar in the middle that uh, had some candles on it and some uh, vessels for to pour 
libations into, um, and they basically started saying, you know, we're here to honor the people that have died working for justice. And so they started naming some of those people, and then they invited us to name people that we have either known or known throughout history that have worked for Ooh. justice. So Wait, was it tissues immediately? Cause... Not quite immediately. <laughs> I think we had like we might have. I think we might have like sung a little song just to like you know bring in some energy at first, and then um, and then then people started naming names slowly. And like, give it another three minutes, and then people start naming deeper, deeper things, and then people start naming things like all of the people who stood their ground until the final waves came crashing in from Katrina. Oh my God! Then it was like, then it what? was, then it was tear time, and then people started naming like other things, you know, like big things that have happened like that, or like just, you know, the, you know. It, Poverty, you know, just like victims of poverty, victims of police brutality, but you know, all the, you know, and then names that you've always heard, Trayvon Martin, Sandra Bland, you know, people that, um, you know, died for, you know, r reasons that, I mean, just reasons. Anyway, so, so after that kind of died down, uh, the, the collaborative started getting up and telling their, like, either personal stories, mostly personal, like, uh, relation stories. Uh, one uh, trans woman told the story of her uh, great uncle that fought against, uh, that was in, uh, in the American army and went to the Philippines to, I guess, like, uh, quell a rebellion there. And he looked at the people in the community, in the Filipino community, and saw people that looked like him, and was like, "Yeah, American Army, I'm not, I'm not going to do that for you." And defected, and became a citizen of this Filipino community, and you know, raised children. And the American Army came looking for him, you know, in order to bring him back, try him, persecute him for like you know, defecting. Going AWOL, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And the community, like, gave the American Army another body, said, no, Holy he's dead. Holy shit. Yeah. And that What man, the... How have I never heard of right. this? Yeah. Why... Well, I would watch this movie right, right? now. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And this man, like, lived out the rest of his life as, like, a peaceful, like, uh, agriculture person of this Filipino community. Wow. And, wow. yeah, so... That's just one story. I mean, <laughs> so if you can imagine like five other stories on that powerful, that kind of powerful level, there was another woman that told her story of her, um, I think great grandfather, but I, I might be wrong. But anyway, her great grandfather was uh, in Poland at the time of the Holocaust and stole butter for his family. And evidently there's a very famous photo of him uh, apparently he was he was hanged for Jesus. stealing butter. He was just a, like I, I don't think he was. I don't know if he was. I might I might have been wrong. Like he may have escaped because then he turned out to be the grandfather. So maybe like I don't know. But his name is incorrect on the photos for wow for this. Yeah, his name is incorrect. They have the name as Israel Mandelbaum, but his name was it was Aaron Mandelbaum, and she was like. I'm going to say his name because wow. it's wrong in all the history of this account. So just like, Jesus. all right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, don't, but just wait, it's not done. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was like 30 minutes in. And Let me just say thanks to both of y'all for taking one for the team. I mean, like, but like to me, everything that we all did was the thing that we needed to do. So like, I mean, I'll tell you more about this ritual, but just as a break right here, I'm going to say I have been, I have been what I, what I don't, I've been an activist ever since I was like old enough to go to my first protest. I worked actively in high school against the death penalty. I've, you know, worked for women's rights and, and I haven't really done anything like except go to rallies and protests and give money 
for the last several years of my working life just because work is almost all consuming this made me realize that i i don't get to do that anymore i, I mean i still get to do my job yes <laughs> but i need to go volunteer for something i need to get on the front lines of this shit because that's what i'm supposed to do i mean whether it's through like writing something or actually physically putting my body in a space that's like working to help people that are uh, persecuted incorrectly for you know crimes some helping people at the border something i'm supposed to do something like that so this was the this was the ritual i was supposed to go to so wow. yeah but like the way i got there was through all of these people's stories and so after uh people told their stories then um there was a woman who was a, a priestess she got up and she had an ancestor stick and she i mean uh, uh, if you could embody all the rage that all of us have ever felt toward the right wing toward the the trump administration toward everything that's happened and and is happening and has been happening for years but especially this last administration like this woman embodied all of that rage i mean not fresh she's like i'm living my joy i don't want you to misunderstand i go out every month and i have i make sure i have sushi and i have my favorite bottle of sparkling wine like i am doing the things i need to do to take care of myself because i know that my ancestors have got our backs like everything that's happening right now the ancestors have a plan they are not going to stand for this shit any longer and she was like fuck this and shit that like it was like no holds barred on this woman's like language to it like there's no other way to do it than to say motherfucker this and fuck this there's there's no other way to express it and she expressed it and everybody in the room like the energy just went like up to fucking 11 it was crazy <sighs> so <laughs> she was the capper <laughs> she she brought down, i was like i'm not following that <laughs> she brought down there. i mean why would you except that then there was a follow-up no, no. there was a follow-up and it was a native american woman and she uh had a drum and then we just all chanted black lives matter trans lives matter I'm sorry, it's fucking uh, it's really bad. I mean, but good. Um, Black Lives Matter, Trans Lives Matter, no justice, no peace. Just like all the things that you would say at a rally, but like you're in this closed space with these people that you can look at in the face. And it's not a lot, you know, it was maybe 40 people. I don't know, like light for a Sunday night crowd. And one of the women had said, like, you are here for a reason. You are ready to do this work. And all of us were just like, oh, shit, okay. <laughs> you know, it's like, um, so after after we chanted that for quite a while, then we were welcome to come up to the altar and um, pour a libation out for an ancestor or someone that we've lost and uh, set, we had little electronic votives that they had given us and set the, you know, the votive on the altar as well. Um, then we were, then they gave us real votive candles to take away and say, you know, that's, this is your reminder. This is your, your candle that you can contact, you know, this energy and send it out into the world. So that was, yeah, that was, it. well, then, then we sang at the end and, you know, everybody singing and it got more and more energized and more gospely and it was just fucking amazing. Wow. And, yeah. You know, the past <laughs> month leading up to this, we were kind of lamenting that uh, Order of the Black Madonna wasn't going to be here. But that, that was it. That was it. Yeah. yeah. That was very much like Order of the Black Madonna. And um, it was exactly the same kind of bent they would have taken to make sure that, that people are, that magical people especially, like, but not exclusively, but... Mm. Especially because, you know, as uh, Scarlett always says, witches are the ones on the fringes. We are the outcasts and we are the ones to to save ourselves and save this world. So there's no 
you know, I'm big on saying whatever you can give. And I think that's still true. Like if all you can do is give money to the problem or that's doing something. But if you feel called to do more, now's the time. That was my fucking wake up call. So, right. Um, I have a question. Sure. So, I mean, you, I've been to protests with you, but, and you've been to many, how did it feel or was it different or what was the flavor of seeing some of these classic protest chants? What's the difference between doing it in a big public outdoor protest situation and doing it in a magical context? I feel, okay, so that's a good question. I don't, so it's, but it's hard to, for me, it feels the same because it feels like magic when you're at a rally and there's that many people. Like to me, that is an energy that's being raised that is there, whether people know that that's what they're doing or Mm -hmm. not. Like Mm -hmm. I think the, the collective is the, is the key to that. Yes. Like when you have that many people that are in that situation and are willing to do something hard, like put themselves at risk. Basically you could get arrested. You could, go to jail you could get hurt you know when you're willing to put yourself on that line and you're all sharing that that's magical this was I think this was more focused because the energy gets raised a whole lot fucking quicker with less people so that to me was the main difference is just that you're in a room full of people that like that do magic things all the time. So they know what they're, they know what they're doing Mm -hmm. and they know how quick they can raise that. Yeah. So, yeah. But it's kind of, it's kind of encouraging to me to know that like a normal protest has that same level of, of concentrated purposeful energy, whether people are intending to do it or not. Yes. That is absolutely encouraging. Yeah. It should encourage every single one of us who want to keep going with activism, whatever, Whatever you feel your cause is, that should definitely be encouraging. You're, you're, you're only an, an, you're not an outcast in that situation. You know, in other words, you are, you if if nothing else are 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 leading that charge, like, yeah. Sorry, I kind of interrupted no. with you. What were no, you saying? No, I don't even. I was gonna say this other woman told this amazing story of her professor, that she went to a like. Well, I don't even know if he was a professor. Yeah, he was a professor, but. She told a story of uh, her teacher named Harold Parks at her um, preparatory school that basically taught her history the way it really is, not what the books say. And she would say, but you know, hey, I know this to be right. Isn't this right? And he would say, no, you know, you have to learn it this way so that you can make a fucking A on the test. And then later on in her life, he said, you were right. I couldn't tell you that you were right then because you had to pass the test. Hmm. But, like, here's how it really happened. I mean, basically woke this girl up to not only be able to operate in a... a, Rigged system. Like, in a rigged system, in a white world, but, but to know the truth that black people are were and are so important to the foundation of civilization to invention to creation and to let her know that she was not she did not come from nothing you know they were not just slaves in fields you know it was just very very poignant and whew, it, it's like just everybody was so eloquent and um then, oh, and then at the end, too, there's more. <laughs> the very end, uh, one of the women read a poem about, the, the poem was called Sacred Goddess, and it was to the, the very first woman who was African. Yep. And basically, I can't, I can't recite the poem. I, I wish I had it because I really wanted to read it on, on the air. But it basically said, who would you be if you could choose? You know, would you choose to nurture the world or would you choose a life of privilege? You know, just, it was, Mm. dude. (laughs) So, I mean, when I walked out of there, well, I mean, of course I thanked, you know, as many of the women that that did it as I could. And then when I walked out of there, it was just like, God damn, I'm not... It's not like I'm not doing enough, but I can do more. I'm. It's time. It's time for me to do more. 
So that was exactly what I needed. Wow. Yeah. Ugh. <sighs> Yay. Oh, now we're going to talk about souvenirs. What a light well, subject. <laughs> I was thinking, like, we all, we're, we're basically devoting an episode to, like, going to one, ri- the, our last <laughs> ritual. Yeah. And I was like, well, maybe we should fill it out a little bit. But apparently we, like, crammed in all the things into this one last ritual. <laughs> oh, like, all, all the work that we needed to do. <sighs> Yeah. For the next, for our 10-year plan. No shit. Was laid out just now. Oh my so. god. We can do a quick overview of some of the cool shit that we, and give some shout outs probably to some really great um, places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go. Um, hold on. Well, I would, I would like to give a shout out to um, Wormwood, right? Yeah. Well, House of Wormwood. House of Wormwood. I they, got some sprays. They make awesome stuff. I do not think you can buy it online. Is that correct? That is correct. You can only buy it at uh, probably different uh, events like Pentheacon or um, festivals probably around. I know they do have a a Facebook page, so Ah. if you want to look them up and see where they're going to be at and whatnot. House of Wormwood. But yes, yes, they're very, very sweet folks. I met them at Pentheacon. Actually, we hung out at Con of Thrones. Nice. Oh, cool. So we are con friends. And they will be back at Con of Thrones, and they also do uh, Leaky Con, which is a Harry Potter con. Nice. So they will definitely be back in the Texas area as well. Well, if you are in our, well, two of our neck of the woods. But yeah, they're super sweet. And then also they make the best spelling, like soaps and sprays and things. Yes, they really do. Of all time. It's very good. If we had smell-o-vision, we would... If there was photography for smells. If there was photography for smells, we'd be using it for this stuff. (laughs) Totally share it with you. What else did you guys... Y'all got some medieval action, didn't you? Oh, yeah. Both of you did. Uh... Both uh, both of my my ladies here got something called a heretic's fork. We'll let Scarlett give the Man, definition. Man, I'm of that trying shit. to find it, um, the business card so I can give you the actual oh. name of these the smithy. Is it different than the the place that sold the sensor? Is it a different guy? Um, it's yes, not they they were splitting the booth. So okay. oh. I believe it is. It's the troll cunning fork. Yes, that's correct. Oh, nice. And they have an Etsy shop. At Troll Cunning Forge US. Well, okay. under so, the Etsy shops. Well, so I um, I don't like talking to people that I don't know, <laughs> and I also have a lot of trouble uttering the sentence, "What is this? I don't know." <laughs> so asking someone to explain something to me is very very hard. Um, but so I'm just browsing around, and. Uh, there were just, it was a little corner of this booth of these hand forged items. There were some troll crosses and some like little, um, like kind of herb choppers and whatnot. But it was, I saw this thing that was like a, a two pronged fork, um, and it's double ended. So on both ends, there's like two little prongs. And I go, I have a dumb question. What is this? And uh, because something in me was just like, I got to suck it up and ask because I know that there's something interesting I need to know about this object. (laughs) And what it is, is um, it's called a heretic's fork and it was a medieval torture device. So if you can imagine um, a double ended fork, um, it would base and it's sharp. Um, One would go under your chin and then the other part goes like up to your collarbone. So you're you're. Neck Uh, is extended. Your neck is extended, and what it is is if you were, and you'd be bound or something, and it's a torture device because as you're sitting there exhausted, you can't dip your head to sleep, or it's like stabbing you in the the neck. Yeah. (laughs) And so that's the torture device, and it was obviously used to, to torture people during the Inquisition. So, of course, the brilliant twist is he's selling it to witches. So we're repurposing an instrument used to uh, torture people in the name of witchcraft, um, whether they were practicing anything of the sort or not, and uh, and making it a tool. So, um, you know, and I was like, that makes so much fucking sense. Mm-hmm. I love it. And so he was talking about, you know, you could use it for spells where you're trying to get someone to shut the fuck up and leave you alone, or to charge, use it as a wand to charge things. Um, I mean, just... There's a million ways you could go with this, but Absolutely. I I just love the idea of it's this sort of obscure medieval torture device, which is already pretty fucking metal. 
Um, yeah. And then the idea of, of repurposing it um, and kind of reclaiming uh, something that was invented purely for shitty, shitty, sadistic reasons. Yeah. And uh, and finding some some actual use and uh, and magic in it. So that was pretty rad. That's what I bought. Jay's is a little different. Hers is pointed on one end. Yeah, it's a single spike. And on the other end, it's this pretty spiral, basically, where it spirals. And um, I like that I can use it, like, as a hairpin if I want. Mm -hmm. Careful. But it can also be a weapon. And if you have listened to the other podcast, you know I like weapons. That's why as soon as I saw... Uh, Scarlet's fork, I was like, I need to see this booth because mm. I can always use more weapons. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, I can use it for magical things or I can use it as a weapon. It is very cool. Or a tool or I, whatever. I've got to say, I'm not uh, far away from possibly getting something from this guy online because that shit's pretty cool looking. Yeah, and if you look at it, it's all spiraled. Like, the whole spike is like has this beautiful spiraled texture and it's just, I don't know, I'm yeah. I love it. So. I like it. You I, also got a bunch of books, didn't you? Yeah, I got so many books. But I have a lot of reading to do. Since <laughs> out of our group, I'm the most baby, baby witch no, out of the group. I'm not a baby that. anymore, but I, I think I'm more in my teenage phase. Where Can I'm finding what I, I'm discovering myself and All finding right. what goddesses okay. I want to work okay, with. Okay, that's fair. That's, that's not fair. a, that's so. no pennies on that. That's okay. fair. And so uh, the first book I got was Journey to the Dark Goddess by Jane Meredith. That's from um, the Realms of the Dark Goddess ritual that we did. We, yeah, um, we'll talk, we talked about it in the last episode. Yes, yeah, so I definitely wanted her book because that was one of my top two favorite rituals that we did from the con. So uh, I want to read more on delving in with the Dark Goddesses. I also got Diana Paxson's uh, Odin book, Ecstasy Runes and Norse Magic. Uh, That's going to be great. Yes, and from what we've, what I've learned from uh, from Blackbird doing casting my lots is apparently I need to be working with Odin. Oh yeah, well, can we uh, yeah. go on a little tangent about that? Do it. But, well, you're the lot you're the caster, motherfucker. <laughs> and tell me I mean, about it. You want me to tell you about your <laughs> lot casting? Tell me about my lot casting. I cast lots for these ladies earlier today when we were sitting around thinking we weren't going to do that last ritual like a bunch of dummies. Um, <laughs> but it was really short and sweet for both of them. Most of the lots came out kind of upside down. But then the ones that uh, came up for Jay were seemingly to lead her on a path of uh, she got one lot that actually meant the stranger and Scarlet pointed out that Odin is known as the stranger and then the next lot was uh, Lamech was it not Lamed. Lamed which is like an intelligent you know learned person or uh, learning something new and then what was the other one the last one was Samek. Yeah, Samek, which is uh, spiritual. You're on a spiritual journey. So all of those kind of made sense. And I had just bought the Odin book, and I had also today had a A 20-minute conversation with Diana Paxson. Oh, Oh, fangirls. And that's why, and I bought another, and that's my, the last book that I bought, because I was, I was trying to really fast shop before I met the girls where they, I was supposed to be at a meeting point, so I felt bad making them wait. Uh-uh. But Diane Paxson was at a table by herself nope. for book signing. No one else was around in that moment, and it felt perfect. And I was like, I am meant to go over there right now. So I went over there, and I was like, they, you know, I love the Oda book from what I've already, like, glanced at so far. I love the rituals that you've done so far. And um, so, of course, I bought another book, which I meant to buy. I mentioned I wanted to trans- Portation, but she handed me a. She signed and handed me a different one, and I'm gonna take it as fate that I got possession, deposession, and divine re- relationships from what she handed me. Wow. And I'm cool with it because if Diana Paxson hands you a book, you take it. Yeah, yeah. they're all good. Um, yeah. I I have that one and I read it, but I'm glad that you got it because then maybe we can like, maybe we can do it as like a Which book little club? book club, or we yeah. can we can workbook it because it, it is structured um, similar to transportation of. Background about um, channeling and and God like God relationships and stuff. And one reason why we're so obsessed with her was we all read uh, we read Transportation together, and I just really liked how refreshing it was in terms of 
making it accessible and not being like, oh, only special people that are chosen can do this. And if you don't feel the call, don't even try. And blah. It's like, no, no. we... we Normal people can fucking do yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, like, her group was in, was interested in this practice. Um, they felt really strongly that the lore in Norse mythology supported a um, trance practice. Uh but, of course, there's no documentation of, of how that would have gone about or what the methods were. So they researched contemporary groups that have always had an unbroken line of, of possessory and trance-related practice, like um, voodoo mm. and things like that. And they were like, how can we adapt this without appropriating it or taking it out of context? But, like, how can we basically recreate something that feels genuine for the deities and the tradition that we come from that has been lost. And um, so it's very just like, dude, we had to like just do trial and error and like learn from our mistakes and, and how we did it. And this is what we found works for us, which I just find very refreshing yeah. as opposed to trying to make it seem special being like, I'm so cool. I yeah. can do this thing. So I really want to talk about how cool and unique I am but I also don't want to explain it too hard because then if everybody could do it, I'm not so cool and unique anymore. It's not like, it's that, not at like that at all. Right. So, yeah. yeah. I was excited to get to talk to her for like 20 minutes. But. So uh, we got to talk about like politics and um, basically her next book, because I was like, I loved the Ladies of the Land ritual. And basically her next book is going to be on that. It's going to be basically amazing. political witchcraft so oh. i'm so excited for yeah me too book. so definitely Hurry keep an eye on diana Baxon because she's gonna have a political witchcraft book soon it's amazing uh what else did anybody else buy anything of uh interest or excitement i got a we are a radio shirt yeah. oh yeah Hashtag. beautiful handmade sigil that our friend of the show tempest drew um yeah it's beautiful yeah so it's a pretty I rad shirt can't wait to rock it I also bought something from Tempest for my sister. It is a lovely uh, Huntress uh, pa uh, painting on wood or print on wood. So, very lovely. Oh, and I forgot about my claw ring. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I got it. It's from Ice Cream, which is E-Y-E Scream. Um, that is a local shop, I think, in the area. Um, or maybe San Francisco. There is somewhere in the Bay Area. But, uh, yeah, I got this rad, it's like a big claw sticking out, metal claw sticking out of your hand, basically. She learned quickly, don't try to put on a sweater while yes. wearing a claw ring. <laughs> yes, I tried to put on my cardigan. It was like, that was a poor choice to Might put on not. a knitted, knitted cardigan with a massive claw ring on. Uh, but yeah, so anything is there anything else anybody bought or wants to? Oh, I got a pair out? of things that ended up being kind of of a theme. I got um, from um, Green Illusions Pottery. Um, I have like a, a little um, trivet that had Kali on it that I got several years ago, and then this time around I got a really nice little goblet that's got Anubis on it. It oh, is super because nice. he's my homeboy. And related to that, um, I have never heard of this book and had to buy it. It's uh, Black Dog Folklore. So it's all about um, the mythology of various uh, ghostly black dogs, which I think most people would be most familiar with the British ones. Um, for Sherlock Holmes wrote mm -hmm. about the Hounds of the Baskervilles. Right. But um, it's a pretty, pretty global uh, myth. And I have, in fact, my own little black dog who is not scary. He is completely ridiculous. But he's magical in his He's own very way. magical. The uh, author on that is Mark Norman. Yeah, and so I've gotten through the introduction. Basically, um, he sort of inherited uh, uh, decades of research that um, another author had been compiling and had never really... Uh, done anything with or, published in yeah. one volume in one place mm. so it it does appear to be pretty scholarly in terms of like trying to comprehensively catalog all these varieties of uh of myths and and reported sightings and whatnot so i'm i'm excited to delve into it um so right. black dogs and anubis we like it all right well that was the con, guys. And that was uh, 
Any last thoughts? No, it was good. It was heavy, but I guess my two experiences have been. So it was, this is what it is for me. This is like, I, I think, I don't know. I said it earlier, I think, but like it leads me to the next, whatever my next phase of my practice is. So I would love to go every year, but probably can only really go every other year. And that's, that's awesome. My word bucket is empty, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. What about you? First it was, experience? It was a great first experience and also gave me some insight on some goddesses and gods that I might want to start working with. I definitely plan to start working with Morgan. Um, and even looking at my energy with Aphrodite um, after yeah. today where I was just like, Apparently that, you know, is already my jam without me realizing it. Yeah. Um, but also delving into the darkness uh, is definitely something I'm ready for. So that'll be good. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think, I think we covered it. I think we covered it well. Thank you for listening, Thank guys. Thank you for listening. We'll have more coming soon. And uh, focus, 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 bitches. bitches.